0: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. good morning. It is nice to be here with you. This is one of my favorite parts of my job is I get to go out all over our diocese and meet all the beautiful people in our diocese. And it's, it's a lot of fun, and I really do enjoy going out and doing this. So um, I, I hope I get to spend some time with each of you at coffee hour because I'm assuming we're having some more coffee, right? <laughs> is that right? Outside, of- outside, outside, I think. So stick around for coffee today. So, you know that question we all ask, you know, people ask you, what do you do? Tell me about yourself, those type of questions, right? We've all had those everywhere we've ever gone. You had a new job, you started school, a new class, anywhere you've ever been, some version of that question has been asked, right? And we answer that question with a plethora of different responses. Right? In my own lifetime, I have been asked, hey, who are you? What do you do? Tell me what tell me what you're about. And that answer has included, hey, I'm Ashley, I'm a football player, I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, I'm in the mortgage business. I sell things. I'm a seminarian. I'm a father. My husband. I'm a son. I'm a brother. And I could probably keep going on and on. And I bet yours has included lots of responses, too, throughout your lifetime. And if it hasn't included all lots of responses, it's because you didn't go to children's church and you're young. That's it. That's the only reason. Because we all go through this evolution. It's, it's, a, it's a way of being as we grow and as we think about who we are and what we are and people ask us about ourselves. We have no choice but to try to answer this question. We answer it through the context in which we exist. And so often it has something to do with, you know, my job, my work, my something, Right? I mean, I love it when people tell me, I'm a, I'm a teacher. No, you're not. You teach. You teach. I'm a lawyer. No, you're not. You're, you, you, you practice law. But you're not a lawyer. You're a lot of other things. You're not a doctor. You're not any of those things. You're a lot of things. And all of these speak to our identity. Every single part of this speaks to who we are, how we're shaped, how we're formed, what is our identity. And the lessons today speak to something about identity as well. In this Exodus lesson, we have Moses having this really interesting conversation with God. This is how I talk to God. You too, right? I mean, we don't all just sit around and go, hey, God, let's talk. You know, you're not going to do these things, and I don't think we should do this. You know, if you're not going to go with us, then I'm not going. Yeah, I tried that about seminary. It didn't work. <laughs> At any rate, here's Moses having this conversation with God, and I don't know if you caught it or not, but there's a line in there. You know, he, he, he's... He's telling God, You've called this nation to be your people. And keep in mind that at this point in time, they're still meandering around. They're not a nation yet. They're a group of people lost in the woods. But yet, You've called us this nation. You said we're these people. You said You would make us distinct. Did y'all catch that in the lesson today? You make us distinct. You'll make us known for who you want us to be known for. You'll give us an identity that is your identity. We will be your people. You will be our God. That is our identity. That's what Moses is saying. If you'll give us that identity, we can go into the world and we can do the things you're calling us to do. And then in the the epistle lesson today, we have Paul writing to the Thessalonians, a church, that if it's not completely Gentile, it's mostly Gentile almost nothing but Gentiles and the Thessalonians, amongst the Thessalonians. And he spends this first very part of his, of his letter telling them, hey, look, we know of your work. We know who you are. You've been steadfast in your faith, and you, you have hope, and you've taught all of the area about who God's called you to be. People know who God is because of you. And he goes on doing this for four whole chapters of five chapters recounting to the Thessalonians who they are, how well they're doing the work that God's called them to before he gets to the end of the letter where he says, oh, by the way, I'm writing for a purpose. Our identity is found and rooted in who God has called us to be. We hear that in the Old Testament lesson. We hear it in the Epistle lesson that we are the people of God. We are the folks that God has called us to be. We are the people that God has created us to be. And then you get to the gospel lesson. By this point in the gospel, Jesus is in Jerusalem. All of his miracles are behind him. He's turned water into wine. He's raised a couple of dead people. He's healed people. He's made the mute talk, the blind see. He's made the lepers clean. He's done all kinds of things that have gotten him notoriety. People know who he is. They have a really good sense of who this teacher, this rabbi is. And now he's in Jerusalem, in the temple, teaching, which was common practice for the day. And there's a group of people that's coming to hear him teach. And amongst that group are apparently some Pharisees and some Herodians. Now, we don't know exactly who the Herodians are historically. Um, Who knows? Probably friends with Herod. Certainly friends of Rome. But we don't know a lot about them. We make assumptions. But nonetheless, the Pharisees and the Herodians hanging out with each other it's kind of surprising. We're not really expecting that. The Pharisees are kind of like the Jewish Jews there are. Like, these are the folks who are most committed to what it means to be Jewish folk in the first century. This is why we keep seeing the Pharisees pop up every time Jesus challenges cultural norms of the day. The Pharisees are the first ones to challenge him on it and say, What are you thinking, man? You can't eat with those folks, you can't walk down the street with those folks. Can't be seen with those tax collectors. What is wrong with you? Don't you know who you are? Don't you know what your identity is? You're a good Jew. Exactly. And so here's Jesus in the temple teaching, and the Pharisees and Herodians show up and they are gonna try to trap him, but you would think by this point they've maybe learned their lesson because they've tried this a couple times and it never works out, but hey. Whatever, maybe they're like me. It takes them a little while to learn things. But here they are, and they go up to him and they say, we know, we know that you're a good teacher. We know that you teach the truth. They use some flattery to draw him in, right? We're going to really get him. We know that you're doing all the right things. So should we pay taxes to the emperor? And he calls them hypocrites. Y'all got that, right? When's was the last time you called somebody a hypocrite to their face? Yesterday for me. <laughs> hold on, hold on, no, no. Annie was calling me a hypocrite, my bad. <laughs> I got that backwards. He calls them hypocrites, and then he says to them, give me the coin that you pay the tax with. Now keep in mind, this is the Pharisees and the Herodians. The Pharisees, the most Jewish, folk there are, the folks who live by the law the most clearly, the folks who are most committed to the law. And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a coin and flips it over to Jesus. Huh. That one question completely submerses their entire trap because they're not supposed to have any carved images in the temple. If they're going to pay a temple tax, it's supposed to be paid with a shekel doesn't have any images on it, but the Roman currency has the face of Caesar on it and has his marking, his title on it, which some scholars would say that the title on there would say son of God because they believed and understood that the emperor's lineage was divine. Hand me the coin that you pay the tax with. Give it to me. Who are you? Certainly you don't have that in your pocket, Right? You couldn't possibly have the coin you're not supposed to have in the temple. Let's put it to you in some some current context. Let's imagine that you go to the Alabama-Auburn football game and you're sitting in the student section in Brian Denny, okay? You're sitting in the student section with all those Alabama fans and you realize you forgot to take your jacket off and you're an Auburn fan. So you pull your jacket off and now you're sitting there amongst all those students, one lone Auburn fan surrounded by all this crimson. You don't belong there. They're going to tell you as much. They're probably going to throw paper cups and other things at you. That's a, well, that's LSU, but that's a different story. <laughs> Jesus' question in and of itself, their action, the fact that they're carrying this coin with them speaks to this. And then Jesus looks at them and he says, whose impression, whose face is on here and whose title is it? And they say, well, it's the emperor's, it's Caesar's. And his simple answer is, well, then give the to Caesar what is Caesar's. Opposite of this what Jesus is pointing to what he's telling them and what he's telling us now is what is on us what image is imprinted on us what title do we carry who are you you are the children of God you are the folks that God said, hey, you're going to be my people. You're going to do my work. If you're, an, if, if you're a Jewish person in the first century, you're the nation through which God said, I'm going to make all of this known to the whole world. All of us are people who have the benefit of knowing it and getting to participate in it. The image that's pressed upon us is the face of God. The title that's given to us is the family and the children of God, which means that we are called into this life that we can't understand and we don't possibly imagine right. But nonetheless, we are called to be the people God's created us to be. We're called to go out into the world loving the people that we encounter. We're called to go into the world that often tells us that what we do is absolutely nuts. And we go and do it anyway. We go out into the world and we stand with the people who are hard to stand with. We go into the world and we love the folks who are hard to love. We go in the world and we love the people who get us made fun of. We live into the words in the bulletin that says, everyone's welcome here with no exception. We live into what it means to be the body of Christ. That's the image that's imprinted upon us. That's the title that we have been given as baptized members of the body. We're bearers of the good news. We're workers of the kingdom. We're the children of God. And we're supposed to proclaim this wherever we go. We go into the world willing to share this news with anyone who will listen. Through actions primarily and sometimes through our words. So tell me. Tell me what do you do? Tell me who you are.